2: And it is Wing Nation, presented by Sage Shrew, talking sprint car racing, our favorite time of the week, and we are so glad that you have joined us. Steve Post in our Concord North Carolina studios, Ashley Strummey in the Lethal Chassis Studios in Mifflintown, Pennsylvania. Hello, Ashley, how are you?
1: Well, Steve, I hate to report we still had some rain this week, but we did have some sunshine and I actually made it out to the racetrack and Some sprint car races actually happened. (laughs) Yes,
2: sprint car races did happen. Yeah, including the World of Outlaw and NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars. They kicked it off at Talladega Short Track. Ashley, a couple of weeks ago, you and Aaron had Buddy Kofoid on, and the young man parked it on the front stretch there at Talladega. Pretty good night of racing for young Buddy Kofoid.
1: I told Buddy this. He has a beautiful car. It was great to see it in Victory Lane, but I think we're going to see a lot from Buddy this year.
2: What a young talent. USAC reigning Midget Series champion, multi-time champion there. Good to see him running full-size sprint cars and get the win Friday night at Talladega Short Track. Then they moved to the Mag, Magnolia, Mississippi, and it wasn't long. Finally, the big cat Brad Sweet got the win. Uh, Ashley, it's it's just a matter of time. When Brad Sweet goes a few races without losing, it's just a matter of time when he does. And he he put it all together on Saturday night.
1: I feel like we're talking about Donnie shots all over again. You know, he hasn't won the first five races. Oh, no, what are we going to do? Like, he's going to have a terrible season this year. Like, it's so funny how things happen. Everybody's like, oh, Brad's back. I'm like, did he leave? Yeah, yeah, right.
2: <laughs>
1: it's just, it's, it's interesting to see how fans react to things.
2: Really, truly is. Brad Sweet picks up the win at Magnolia, Mississippi on Saturday night. Fingers crossed. More World of Outlaw and all of sprint car racing coming up now. One of the things we joke about a lot here on Wing Nation is Pete Walton's USCS Tour, 360 Sprint Car Racing, okay? And they run all over the Southeast, and one thing about Pete Walton is he's not scared to get races in. Why am I talking about Pete Walton? Because today's guest is a 14-time USCS champion. Ashley, 14 championships in the USCS, 4 in ASCS, 3 NCRA, That's almost like a Hall of Fame career for Terry Gray.
1: Uh, I do believe he is Hall of Fame as of 2022. Um, Really cool to see Terry Gray finally get inducted. Uh, Great guy. Can't wait to talk to him.
2: It is going to be awesome, that's for sure. So that's what we're doing here on Wing Nation. Terry Gray joins us here on our Sage Fruit Hotline. Stay with us. We'll have Terry in just a moment. Welcome back. It is Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit Talking Sprint Car Racing. Ashley Strummey and Steve Post, and I've been waiting for this one since we decided to dial my friend Terry Gray up. He joins us on the Zoom call, on the Sage Fruit Zoom call. Hello, Terry. How are you?
0: Good, Steve. How you all doing today?
2: I am doing well. Terry, there is a lot of ground to cover with you because, well, you've covered a lot of ground in sprint car racing. I actually want to start this conversation with like going back to the beginning your dad raced. Elmer Gray was an open wheel racer. Um, what do you recall about traveling around the country, traveling around the region with your dad and watching him race?
0: Well, I remember, uh, my mom and dad, and myself and my two sisters in a single seat pickup, uh, riding around to all the racetracks in Mississippi and Arkansas and Tennessee around here on any given Friday, Saturday and Sunday night. Daddy raced a lot. Uh, I remember a, a lot of times out here at Lakeland Speedway my daddy dominated out there but I was I wasn't old enough to go in the pit yet. I had to sit in stands with my mom and that used to that used to just kill me because I could help him in the garage at home but I couldn't go in the pits because I wasn't old enough yet but uh those were some good days.
1: Uh, Terry talk about that? Um five nights of racing you guys did. Did you stay local and hit pretty much the same 3 to 5 tracks every single night or did you guys travel outside of the state and and bruce
0: out elsewhere um he usually was always at west memphis on saturday night and it kind of rotated on friday night from milan tennessee to jackson tennessee and then sunday nights rotated from osceola arkansas to Bible, arkansas and then they would throw in a, a cleveland or a greenville mississippi on wednesday night so and my dad had a full-time job too so that It it was plenty busy for him and and, uh, what little bit I could help back at. You know, I was just a kid back then, but I I enjoyed it. And my two sisters went along and it was just, you know, it was a family outing uh, at a lot of
2: racetracks a lot
0: of times during the year.
2: Neat stuff. That really truly is. When it fascinates me the world we live in with micros and mini sprints and everything like that, kids are starting at a younger age. But, Terry, You had to wait until you were 16 years old to get a driver's license, which is ancient these days, to get started racing. What was it like when you first got the time to climb behind the wheel of a race car and and get a chance to race? What do you recall of that?
0: Um, At Milan, Tennessee, uh, on Friday nights, uh, they would let us race a little bit at 15. And up until that point, uh, my dad or Sammy's dad or some of the other dads that raced would when they would be packing the track, as they call it nowadays, uh, the cars were wide enough we could get in with them. We'd go, we'd go ride and we'd ride and ride and ride until, uh, we got old enough to where they would let us do that. We couldn't race them yet, but we could go out and pack the track and we could start them up and do all those things and got, got the fever really bad. And then at 16 at West Memphis, uh, if you had to write paperwork and your parents done all the proper things, you could you could start racing at sixteen then. So it it wasn't soon enough for me, but it was uh, that's what we had to do back then. It's
1: the a much different world today, that's for sure. And and kind of talking about that, Terry, you got your first World of Outlaws win at your home track in nineteen eighty at Riverside. Can you kind of take us back? Was that really a huge moment in your career, your first World of Outlaw win at your home track? Did the place just light up to see you take the win over the World of Outlaws?
0: Well, at the time, I had no idea how big a deal it was. If you, you go back and look back now and think to win an Outlaw race and to win it at your home track, and uh, it was a lot bigger deal than I actually knew it was back then because I just wanted to race, I, you know, that, that race was over with that night, and I was just wondering where we was racing the next day. So, uh, Little did I know how hard they were to win. I was lucky enough to win one when I was, uh, I guess I was 21. and uh, Like I say, I just didn't know how big a deal it was then. I came awful of close a lot of other times. I ran a lot of seconds, but that's the only one I was able to win.
2: I want to go back a few years earlier than this. In the World of Outlaws, this coming weekend are going to Devil's Bowl, 1978, Devil's Bowl, March eighteenth, nineteen 1978, the first World of Outlaw race. You were in the field. You finished 20th spot in that race. What do you remember about what Ted Johnson was building? What do you remember about that weekend with the World of Outlaws down at Devil's Bowl?
0: Well, I remember we were all staying at the Days Inn out there in Mesquite, and uh, Ted had us grouped up there behind the – Behind the hotel, and I think we were paying ten or twenty dollars a piece to join his organization, this World Outlaw thing he called it. And uh, I remember, I remember running the first race. I remember uh, Jimmy Boyd wanted, if I'm not mistaken, in Kenny Woodruff's car. And uh, we had been going to Devil's Bowl for a few years already for the opening and closing of the year. Each year, that was traditionally the first race, so. Uh, this time it was a World Outlaw thing, and, you know, we had raced some of Ted's races for a year or two down in Louisiana, and some in Texas and some other places that he had promoted, but he had yet to put the Outlaw deal together. And um, I remember just like it was yesterday, uh, him gathering us up back there and uh,
2: telling us what he was getting ready to do, and he did it. What'd you think, Terry? When you when, did, you believe it? And then when you look at it now, it's like, holy cow!
0: Well, I mean, back in the day, nobody had ever heard about you know running for the kind of money he was talking about running for, and uh, putting it together where we could run fifty, sixty, seventy, or eighty times a year. That was, you know, there was a lot of races back then, but there was a lot of five hundred or thousand dollars win races. There wasn't there wasn't races to run like he was talking about. And, everybody was skeptical at first, but, uh, I mean, he stuck his neck out and he did it. He did what he said he was going to do.
2: Man. Oh man. Amazing stuff. It really is. And, uh, wow. Just so cool to see the history of it. Hey, we're going to step away. Stay with us, everyone. We've got more with Terry Gray in just a moment. Welcome back. It is Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit. We are having a blast. Ashley and Steve Post, we're talking to one of my favorite people in the sprint car world, Terry Gray, who joins us. And we have just scratched the surface. We're already in the second segment of this thing, and I've got like 17 pages of notes. I do want to get to this. I want to talk about the present a little bit, but Terry, at 22 years old, you gave up the driving for a year. Sammy Swindell, his crew chief on the Nance One N, you became the youngest crew chief to win a World of All Law Championship. What did you learn? What 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 was there about that that made you make that decision and 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 become that young crew chief as well? Well, Sammy and Amy came to
0: me in like it was like May of eighty one, and they lost their crew chief and and actually wanted me to go out on the road to be a hand and uh, you know it turned into I liked what we were doing then and I think that that first year in 81 I came in not too long after the season started and if I ain't wrong I believe Sammy won 46 or 48 times that year and we were we were busy and he was winning everything whether it was wing non-wing everywhere we went he was winning and they they got to where they wanted to keep me. It was only supposed to be for a few weeks as as a, as a helper, and then it got to where Mr. Nance, that's who Sammy drove for and I worked for, uh, offered me the job through the winter and and through the through the next season, which was '82, and I went to about August of '82, and he was leading the championship again after we had won it in '81, and. Um, as things, you know, you live together and you live that close every day and work together. And, you know, things got where they weren't as happy as they were, we were still winning, but it just, uh, I was ready to go back and race. And uh, so we got close to home there sometime in August of that second year. And I told him I you know, I was ready to go back and race. So that's, that's kind of how it ended. But as far as learning from him, couldn't learn how to drive the cars, but I could learn how to prepare. And we, that winter we spent in Wichita, preparing for the next year, I learned a lot of things that carried me all the way through to where I am now. As far as being getting the cars repaired and preparing yourself for a 70 or 80 or 90 race season, and I learned a lot from him. And I, it, it's an experience that I wouldn't take anything
1: for. You also learned that holding the steering wheel was that much more important than just wrenching on it. I, talk about, you know, what really kind of forged that decision going back. Was it just a, a passion that you had burning in you that you knew that you needed to be behind that wheel?
0: Yeah, actually, I never wanted to. I never wanted to stop racing. I just, I, I went with them at first. I think we might have actually been going to Pennsylvania when I when I first went with them, and they needed some help, and I agreed to go and. I enjoyed what I was doing because I like working on the cars, and it turned into more than it was supposed to be to start with. And I ended up going all the rest of '81 and most of '82, and and I was ready to go back and race again. And I'm not, uh, I'm glad I made that decision also because I I did I, I wanted to be a race car driver. I didn't want to be a crew chief. Now this the point in my life now might be the time to be a crew chief because you know my age is pretty pretty up there for a sprint car driver, but um uh, looking back on things I wouldn't I wouldn't change any of that uh that part of my career. I enjoyed
2: all of that. I absolutely love it. Let's do jump to this portion of your career, Terry, because you're still winning races. You're still out there running. You're a 14-time USCS champion, including last season. Okay, so you're still getting it done, that's for sure. You're also part of a two-car team with Morgan Turpin, who joins you on the road for a good percentage of the races. Kind of kind of describe how racing is for you these days. Racing's good.
0: Uh, we got about a 60-race schedule, and I'll we ran East Bay, which is not on our schedule. And I'll, I'm going to run a, a small amount of ASCS races, too, while, while the USCS is off. So I could I could end up running 70 races again, which that's what I do. That's what I like to do. I enjoy getting back here during the week and preparing them to go the next week. And uh, I like the hustle and bustle of the middle of the season when you're, you know, you're having to bust your butt to get ready to go again. I, I enjoy that. That's what I've always done. And this this last two weeks sitting here is about to kill me.
1: No doubt about it. Spoken like a true racer. Uh, Terry, you are a class of 2022 uh, National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. I was reading an article and it said that you probably raced at every dirt track and some asphalt tracks in the country. Is there a racetrack that you have yet to make laps at that you would love to go race at?
0: Uh, there's not many that I hadn't been to. Uh, There's some outlaw tracks now that I hadn't raced at. Uh, I got to race at most all of them. I got to race at all the the big tracks, Eldor, Knoxville, uh, Syracuse, uh, the Mile at Indy, uh, all of the Ascot, Skagit, uh, Baylands, all the California tracks, most everywhere in between. So I got to race most everything I wanted to do, but Hell, I still enjoy what we're doing. I mean, I'm looking forward to this week like it's uh like it was twenty years ago. I can't wait to get over and get started Friday.
2: Yeah, Friday night travelers rest in South Carolina. Cherokee Speedway, the place your mama warned you about on Saturday night. Terry, final question for you. Twenty twenty two National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. You and I had talked about this years ago and you you had for some reason figured it wasn't going to happen, um, or something, something was up, if you will. What did that mean to you to finally get inducted last year and part of the celebration, the ceremony into the Sprint Car Hall of Fame?
0: I tell you, it was, uh, I remember when I got the call from Mr. Baker that, that I was being inducted and it was, uh, it was pretty emotional. I mean, it was, uh, I didn't think I'd ever get there. Uh, and to get there and then to go to the induction ceremony this past summer and see all the people and the people I were being I was being inducted with it was it was unbelievable and you don't you don't realize or I didn't realize how many people are paying attention until everywhere I go now whether it's a restaurant here in town or whether it's a racetrack wherever I might be Somebody comes up and says congratulations about it. I had no idea the reach that something like that had with with so many different people. So it's pretty cool.
2: (laughs) Pretty cool. I'm sitting here with chills. I'm sitting here with chills. Terry, I could talk to you all day long, but the clock on the wall says we need to wrap this one up. Congratulations on so much success. Can't wait to see how it goes this weekend and on throughout the season. And thanks for joining us here on Wing Nation. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Ashley. There we go. Terry Gray joining us here on the Sage Fruit Hotline. Stay with us. More in just a moment. Welcome back. It is Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit, Ashley Stremme and Steve Post and uh Ashley Terry Gray. First off, I love he shows up in a and j Racing, which is a uh, Eden Tennessee um or 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 uh, McKenzie Tennessee um chassis builder that he races. And uh, just talking sprint car racing doesn't get any better than talking with Terry Gray. It's true
1: and uh Steve if if you can't understand what being a National Sprint Car Hall of Fame member means, you just listen to Terry Gray's answer. because. It means the world
2: to these guys. Yeah, he about broke up, and in turn, you and I about broke up too. It's like, ay, yeah, Um, love chatting with Terry Gray and uh, USCS Racing. That's for sure. USCS Racing does a lot in the Southeast. Actually, I got a chance to go Carolina Sprint Tour season opener, Harris Speedway in Rutherfordton, North Carolina. Steve Cerniak was the winner. We've talked about this before. With uh, with we, we did a show actually down at McLean's down in Indian Trail. You know, we talk a lot about 410s, a little about 360s, and a very little about 305. But, man, there's some great racers in the 305 Tour across the country.
1: And it's really cool what they do. The IMCA uh, Race Saber Sprint Cars, they're starting all across the country. It's really started to kick off everywhere. It's really a big group that's just getting the ball rolling, but it's going to grow into something.
2: Yeah, really, truly is neat what they do. So, if there's 305 racing in your area, get out and support it. So, Ashley... You had told me prior to the race you were at one of my favorite spots. Where were you and where did you and David go this weekend with that modified?
1: Yeah, Sunday we went to a little test in tune at Path Valley Speedway, a racetrack I haven't been to in a couple of years. And I have got to tell you, we used to talk about how it was a hole, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they have really put some work, some effort, and there's some incredible fencing. They've cleaned the place up. Um, what Pennsylvania tracks are doing here is just making everybody step up the game. And I'd love to say that Path Valley is now a part of that. They still have a little bit to do, um, but the improvements have been incredible.
2: One of the greatest races I ever called in my life, and ironically it's two guys who are no longer with us, Brian Clawson and Greg Hodnett, a Pennsylvania Speed Week show, a party at the Path Fred Raymer show. And those two guys, when they got done, they were both whooped, And impressed with the other driver, uh, one of my favorite races I ever called. So I'm glad to hear things are rolling along at Path Valley. Things are rolling along for the World of Outlaws as well. We mentioned this a little bit with Terry Gray, back to where it all began, Ashley. This weekend, the Texas Outlaw Nationals at Devil's Bowl and... Fingers crossed, we can get two more good nights of racing in with the Outlaws. And also, the NARC
1: King of the West. I love this, the Asparagus Cup. Uh, the Stockton Dirt Track kicks off um, all because of Tony Nassetti. He's an asparagus farmer in French Camp, California. Um, just huge part of the Asparagus Festival is the race. Uh, I just, I love it. Just sounds so homey when you think asparagus. I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the the time I went to Stockton, okay, I I there and first and foremost I was hanging with Gary Selzy, okay. So right there is your own right there is your own issue, okay. And Gary hands me this 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 tube or this bundle of, of asparagus, and I'm like, what is this? And the asparagus was huge; it looked really good. He said Tony Nassetti is the guy that runs the trek; he's an asparagus farmer, and I'm like, huh? What a combination! And so the county does the asparagus festival. And so Tony, who has a love for sprint car racing and growing asparagus, put a sprint car race, a King of the West NARC sprint car race on Asparagus Festival, and they call it the Asparagus Cup. So how about that? Who's going to win the Asparagus Cup? I don't
1: know, but I love it. I love everything about it. It kind of reminds me of the corn in Knoxville. Yeah. Kind
2: of. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah, it's just part of the culture of it, the heritage of it, (laughs) and everything else. And uh, Tony just said he does a good job. Building, or building, growing asparagus for sure. Ashley, fingers crossed, up there in central Pennsylvania, uh, we get to see some racing up there. Bless their hearts. Williams Grove, my God. They have been trying to get things going for forever, it seems like. Fingers crossed, we get some good central Pennsylvania sprint car racing as well.
1: Yes, hopefully uh, spring is upon us, and that's it.
2: No doubt. It'll be good, that's for sure. It should be fun, for sure. going to be a big weekend. Ohio starts up, a whole lot of racing action. On the docket, no doubt about it. Hey, we appreciate Terry Gray joining us, but more important than all of that, thank you for joining us here this week on Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit.